As you turn to Second Chronicles 16, I'm just kind of set up this passage. I was going to read all of the story, but I just thought for time's sake, and some of those names are pretty hard to pronounce. I thought I'd just kind of set up the story for you a little bit. You know, I, I have hard pr- time pronouncing English names, more or less Hebrew names, right? Anybody can feel my pain on that, right? English words sometimes. I'm like, I don't, I don't speak English. I speak Cajun American, you know. So, so what was going on here is that King Asa was the king of Judah at the time. And the king of Israel, you know, for, for a long period of time, uh, 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 Judah had, had broke off from Israel and they were fighting. They were, uh, you know, they were, they were the, the, these different tribes are at war with each other. So at this time in history, King Asa was the king of Judah and the king of Israel had invaded Judah. He had, they started building, uh, you know, fortifying the walls and everything to take over uh, uh, Judah. And Asa, King Asa of, of, of Judah, paid the king of Aram, a pagan nation, he paid them to, to come and help him fight against Israel. So that, that's what, that's what the setting here is as we read this scripture in 2nd Chronicles 16, verses 9 through 11. It says this. At that time, Hanani the seer came to the king, to King Asa and told him, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and the Libyans and their vast army? When all their chariots and charioteers, at that time you relied on the Lord and he handed them over to you. The eyes of the Lord searched the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you have been, for now you will be at war. Now if, you, if you're there, you can flip over to Colossians 4, 5 and it says this. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us and for helping us. Lord, we know that we're only here by your grace, by your power, by the by your blessing, Lord God. You put the breath in our lungs, Lord God, and you, you beat our hearts. Lord, the, 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 our, you make our hearts beat, keep our hearts beating and our lives going, Lord. I, I just pray that you would bless this time tonight, and Lord God, that you would help me as I minister your word Clearly, I pray your anointing would increase in my life. Revelation would increase not only in me, but in everybody hearing. And that we would not only hear it, but help us to apply to our lives. I bind up every distraction of the enemy. We take authority over him right now in Jesus' name. And thank you, Father, that your will will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we've seen these two passages of Scripture, an Old Testament passage and a New Testament passage in, in Second Chronicles, where, where Hanani tells King Asa, you've missed your chance. And then in Colossians, the Apostle Paul is telling the church to make the most of every opportunities. You know, we have great opportunities in every single season of life. Not just like we do, I'm going to talk about obviously it's the Christmas season, the holiday season, but there's different seasons of life, right, that we go through. Different times where, you know, we, uh, we're in life where we're just different seasons and there's always opportunities around us, opportunities uh, that, that the Lord puts in front of us to be used by the Lord or, or something that the Lord wants to bless us with or to do something, to do a work in our lives. So tonight, I want to encourage you, I want to take this time to encourage you to maximize your opportunities. Maximize your opportunities. You will have opportunities tomorrow, next week, Monday for Christmas, next month, and the rest of your life. So we need to minimize our misses and maximize our opportunities. I, I say minimize our misses because the truth is, I'm not going to stand up here and lie to you and say that we're going to maximize every opportunity that ever comes our way, right? There's going to be times where we miss it. 
There's going to be times we miss it. And as I was preparing this message, I was beginning to think about some of the, the, the opportunities I missed starting as a child. I can remember when I was probably, I'm thinking somewhere around maybe 10 to 12 years old, and my grandmother was living right behind us. Uh, we had an outdoor kitchen in the house we lived in. And as my grandmother was getting older, uh, we actually added on to that outdoor kitchen and put her a bathroom and a, and a bedroom and renovated it. And so she came to live uh, right in, in our backyard. And uh, she she had cancer and she was she was dying of lung cancer. And as a child, I didn't realize, you know, she was beginning to ask for me. And I don't remember the time frame, but she began to ask, telling my dad that and my mom that, hey, you know, she wanted to see me. And, and they just said, man, you need to go see Mama. She's asking about you. And I was like, okay, yeah, I will, I will. But as a kid, in my mind, I didn't understand, you know, that this, how long the time could be. And I remember coming home one night. I, I remember it very clearly. I remember we were coming back from football practice. We stopped at Popeye's to get some dinner. And I don't, I remember how it happened. My dad went back there and he said, hey, go put the food in the house. And he said, you know, Mama, Mama passed away. And I remember even as a kid, like just knowing I had missed a huge opportunity to tell my grandmother goodbye. And I'll tell you something, that, that stayed with me for years. Even into adulthood, that was a hard thing for me to, to let go. And finally, you know, the Lord helped me and I released it and realized I was a child and understand. But I missed the opportunity. She was asking for me and I missed the opportunity to tell my grandmother goodbye before she passed, passed away. You know, I think about in the school days, I missed, especially as I got older into high school, I missed the opportunity to learn more in school. Like I've often said, I was a knucklehead in high school, you know. I started partying, started doing drugs, and, man, I just did enough to get by, right? I mean, I passed and I graduated, but it was like barely, you know, barely. I, I think I even saw that word somewhere in my diploma, you know. Brandon Miller grad receives this barely. It was one of those things where I, I could have did better. I, I knew I, I could have applied myself and learned more, but I missed the opportunity. There was so much more I could have did in school, could have learned more, could have been involved more. But I was, again, I was, I was lost in just being a knucklehead. I remember I loved playing sports. I loved baseball was the favorite sport that I played. And going back to high school, I played all in middle school and, and I came to a crossroads and, and when I got to high school and my dad told me that I, I wanted to play high school and, and uh, baseball in high school, but I also wanted, you know, I had a car that I got right before I got my license. And so I wanted to dr start driving to school. I didn't want to keep riding the bus, right? I'm a freshman in high school. I've been riding the bus half, half the year and I have a car sitting there in my house. So when I got my license, he said, listen, you can't do both. You're either going to have to, if you, you play baseball, you, you're not going to be able to get a job to pay for your gas and insurance. So you're going to have to take the bus to school or you can get a part-time job to pay for your gas and your insurance and you can drive to school. And I remember, of course, I, you know, I, I, I took the route of the car, you know, and it was mainly because of the things I wanted to go do and whatnot. But I remember, I remember thinking like, man, that year in high school, and I remember the guy that made the team that would have been the position I played. And I just remember thinking like, man, and this, this might sound, it's probably it is prideful, you know, thinking that. But at the time, I think, man, I was better than him. I, I bet you I could have made the team. And I just remember in that moment as a freshman in high school, like, man, I missed my opportunity to play baseball in high school. And, and I don't know how I'm going to, I might not be good enough to play college ball or anything, but I just remember that was something I was like, man, I missed that opportunity, you know? And then, you know, not even as a child in school, as I grew up, I, I know there's times where I've missed opportunities to spend quality time with my family, my wife and, and my children, maybe just because I wanted to do something else or maybe I was tired or maybe I was busy and I missed some, some precious opportunities. You know, I can remember also missing opportunities at our first house that we bought whenever we were married. And I had neighbors on both sides of me and I built relationships and we had been living there like five years. And I remember when I moved out and I always like wanted to clearly lay out the gospel to them and share Jesus with them. And I talk about the Lord and share scriptures, but I just felt like I needed to clearly, I had built enough of a relationship with them to clearly lay out the gospel and we moved from that house and I never did. 
And I feel like that was a missed opportunity for me. So I've learned from these, and, I, and now I try to, to not miss the chances like these anymore. I try my best, right? It's one thing to miss opportunities or make mistakes, but we need to learn from our mistakes, right? So I want to talk to you about maximizing opportunities tonight. You know, speaking of Christmas season, we have a great opportunity turn this time of Christmas season for a couple of things. One, for all of us parents in here to keep the focus on Jesus turn this Christmas season, right? Don't miss that opportunity. Obviously, we're in church, y'all in church here, and I know we know that, but man, in the hustle and bustle of going to grandma's house and, and Taunty's house and Nonky's house and, you know, our kids getting presents from everybody, try to keep the focus on Jesus. One thing that we started doing is, is that every Christmas morning, when we get up, before the first presents open, we all sit down and we sit down and we read the Christmas story. And we talk about Jesus and we focus on Jesus and not only that he was born as baby Jesus, but who he grew up to be and why he was born. He was born to die on a cross so we can be saved. And, and I think last couple of years, some of the kids have started reading some of the story. So before we do anything, we thank the Lord and, and, and thank him that he is the best and first gift giver, right? So I want to encourage you, if you're a parent, or even a grandparent, keep the focus on Jesus. Because I know you grandparents, y'all give good gifts. And don't stop that. Ain't nothing wrong with that, right? We're giving our kids presents and all that. But hey, in the midst of that, let's keep our focus on Jesus, right? Amen? Are y'all with me? Let's maximize this opportunity. And for some, for some children that might be in your life, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, you know, they might not have that. So as you're giving them a gift, you can use that, which leads to the next thing is to, man, we could be a light to our lost family, friends, and coworkers, right? I know if you were here for the, for the, the, the Wednesday night service before Thanksgiving, I shared the same thing. And, and, and it is, I, I lean towards evangelism. We talk about our gifts and all that. And, and that, that was one of the things I scored high on my, uh, spiritual gifts test. You know, I, I love to share the gospel with people. And I just feel like it's a great opportunity during Christmas time to be a light to others, right? Because we'll go to family and friends' houses that we don't usually hang out with, right? And uh, a lot of them, uh, to just use a very fancy word, they can be some couillons, right? And so, right, they can be, you know, and they do some, some couillon things and they say some crazy stuff and they, you know, and, and man, and, and sometimes we go over there and it's just like you, 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 you go into a bunch of just a, <laughs> just a rambunctious place with attitudes and, and uh, you know, all kind of stuff going on. And we can be different around our friends and family. Like every day, but I'm saying Christmas and the holidays because a lot of times we'll see people only once a year and it'll be around this time, right? Ephesians 5, 15 and 18 says this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. You remember what the prophet told Asa? What did he tell him? You've acted like a what? A fool. He said you missed your chance and you've, you've, you've acted like a fool in doing this is what he said. And so... um, he said, what a fool you have been. Actually, I'm looking at it. What a fool you have been because he, didn't, he, didn't, he missed his opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So you see Paul and the prophet saying the same thing. The word of the Lord. He's saying the same thing thousands of years ago as he is back then and then even today. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So you must understand that the Lord wants you to be a part of bringing people into his kingdom. Whether that's the children that are sitting under your Christmas tree in your own house, you know, Christmas morning or every morning, or people that you see once a year, or your coworkers, we have opportunities. We have opportunities to keep the focus on the Lord, to be a light, uh, you know, and just opportunities to, to build relationships with people. So here are a few ways we can minimize our misses and maximize our opportunities. Number one, as it said in, in, in uh, Second Chronicles, we need to rely on the Lord. 
All this stuff I'm talking about, even missing these opportunities, we need to rely on the Lord. We can't do this stuff on our own. Look at Second Chronicles again, 16, 17 through 9. It says this, at that time you relied on the Lord and he handed them over to you. The eyes of the Lord searched the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You know, he's looking to strengthen you in those situations. He's looking to strengthen you. The thing is, is that we're like, man, we need to go run and we need to go pray and we need to get ready. And yes, we got to do all that. But the funny thing is, is that we go out searching for the Lord to help us. The Bible says he's searching for us to help us. You see that? It says he's searching for us. He's looking to, for us. He said if, when we rely on him, the eyes search on the, the Lord, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those who hearts are fully committed. Again, we're going to miss some of these opportunities and whatnot. But, you know, if we're fully committed to the Lord, we're committed to doing his will. We're committed to seeking after him, to keeping our ears open in every opportunity. Because there's other opportunities, not just in, in being a light and being a witness, but there's opportunities the Lord gives us for blessings and different things we have in our lives. And you know what? If we're fully committed to him and doing his will and doing what he wants us to do, man, he's looking to strengthen us. That should encourage you in here tonight. That should encourage you that the Lord is seeking you out to help you. Some of us, again, we might have a mindset from years ago, the way we grew up, that you got to go and, and you got to do everything right and make sure your life is right before the Lord is going to help you. But the word of God tells us that he's searching us out to help us. Amen? Again, as parents, as children for what, that have children, you know, we don't just wait for our children to come and ask whenever they ask us for help, right? We'll, we'll see our kids struggling with something and don't, isn't it our, our parent, parental instinct to go and to help them out, right? To go help them with something when they're struggling or, uh, you know, to, we just want to go and we want to help them. Be encouraged in knowing that the Lord is searching for people like you, people whose hearts are loyal to him so he can strengthen, support, and use you for his glory. Amen? Rely on the Lord and he's going to give you the right words at the right time. This can be how to keep, again, our focus on Jesus and giving when everything that kids see here about getting, this time of year is getting presents, right? To focus on, hey, listen, tell them it's better to give. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive because we all love receiving, right? But the Bible says, Jesus himself said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Teaching our children that, teaching others that. You actually get more fulfillment when you give than when you get something. It feels good to get something and have a little gadget or a tar or whatever it is. And, and look, I, re, I like receiving stuff too, right? I got back to the office today. I had a $10 CC's gift card on my desk. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will gladly drink those, that cup of coffee and receive it with Thanksgiving, right? But, you know, and hey, that, that, that cup of coffee or two is going to be nice. But, man, it's, it's, it's more fulfilling to give. And, and, and that's what we need to focus, the Lord, rely on the Lord. How do you tell that to your children that every time they turn on, you know, I mean, the TV, it's just like, man, every commercial is about the new, this and that, that and the other. You know, there's always some, there's magazines that come to our house and my girls will flip through it. And then I realize like, you know what, I don't want them looking at that anymore. only because it's just like, guess what, you hear two words throughout the whole time. I want, I want, I want this, I want that, I want this, this is good, this, you know, right? And it's just like, okay, okay, all right. Look, I do the same thing. If I get a Cabela's catalog, I'm like, man, I want that one. That I need that. So look, I'm Bella. Bella, I'm guilty too. I do the same thing. So mine's Cabela's and Bass Pro. It's not a, a, a you know, we but we all do it, right? Especially, 
You're laughing a little hard over there, Kinesha. I kind of, I was a distracting laugh over there. That's all right. I still love you, Kinetra. But it's true. We all do do it, right? We all do it. But to teach our children even more. Look, and it, as Kinetra's laughing at me over there, the truth is to rely on the Lord. How do I do that? And say, hey, you don't only be looking at it and wanting all that, and they see me looking at my own magazine. You know, it's just like, you know, okay, Lord, help me, right? But to rely on the Lord. To show us what to do and what to say to that person. Listen, that's hungry for the Lord. Because we do need to share the gospel with anybody, but the Lord gives us opportunities and puts people in our path that are hungry and ripe and ready to hear the good news and are ready to receive. Amen, Miss Claire? There's, there's people, you see, because people are, you got to realize this, people are at different levels in their stages of where they're at for their hunger for the Lord are even open. I know for my journey to come to Christ, I was like that. If, if, if you know, like zero to 10, 10 is like I'm ready to get saved. You know, there's different steps that people take. I mean, my, my mom for years preached the gospel to me, told Miss Lisa Davis, I all know Lisa. She, she's been here for years. They prayed for me. They would preach to me. And it was just like, oh yeah, that's good, good. Yeah, Jesus, great. You know, okay, I'm going to do my thing. But over the years, that, that scale kept moving. And I started coming to church once. I came and met with Pastor Todd about a year before I gave my life to Christ. I came and met with Pastor Todd for like two hours and had all kind of questions. When I left his office, I didn't get saved in his office that day, but the scale, I slid over on the scale even again some more. And about a year later is when I walked down this altar and gave my life to Christ. So at different stages, people are hungry at, 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 at different levels. That's what I'm talking about, maximizing the opportunity. Because, you know, the Lord will put the people in your life and he'll give you the wisdom if you rely on him, what to tell them, how to say it, and when to say it in that opportunity. Sometimes people ain't ready for the whole long shebang, right? But other times they are. Sometimes they write for the picket, right? That's why we must rely on the Lord. We need to rely on the Lord to show us when the opportunity presents itself. When it is, Lord, is this it? Is this the right opportunity? Look in Luke 21, 13, Jesus said this, but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me, Jesus said. In this instance, the context was, he was saying when you're going to be persecuted, and he's talking about you're going to be thrown into jail and beaten and stand before governors, he said this will be your opportunity. So they knew, they knew that, okay, he, he was encouraging them that when I go through this struggle and this persecution, this is going to be my opportunity. He was helping them. He was showing them so they could rely on, on, on him on what to say. And look at what he went on to say in verse 15. And this is for us too. For I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. So he's saying, listen, I'm going to show you the opportunity and I'm going to give you the words to say. I'm going to give you the wisdom of how to say it and what to say. Whether it be your children, your spouse, your coworker, your family members this weekend or next week, you know, or... or He'll give us the opportunity and he'll show us what to say. Which leads to our next point. Not only do we need to use wise words, we need to make wise choices as well. Proverbs 11.30 says this, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. It takes wisdom to do what I'm encouraging you to do and to make the most of our opportunities. It takes wisdom, but it's encouraging because the Lord said he'll give us that wisdom. Think and pray about what you say or something, uh, what you say or what you do. Ask yourself, is this wise? Is this the wisest thing to say? Is this the wisest thing to do? I know if you're anything like me, there's words that come out of my mouth sometimes that I'm just like, that was not the wisest thing to say there. 
you know, and I, I, I think even worse things like that was stupid. You know, I can't believe I just said that, right? At least Jason's with me. At least I got one other guy in this room that does that, right? And just like, man, that, that's not, that wasn't wise to say. Going back, we need to rely on the Lord to make wise decisions. You know, I always, every year, you know, most of y'all know I'm a, I'm a sports fan. I love football. Specifically, I love college football. And, man, it seems like every year, increasingly more and more, you always see these, these college students make unwise decisions, get kicked off of a team, kicked out of school, lose their scholarships, and blow, a, blow a, a free ride of education, and maybe even, not always, but blow their athletic careers where they could have went on and maybe made millions of dollars. But because of one or a series of unwise decisions, they, they, they blow it. But I begin to think about that. They, they don't maximize their opportunity that they have in college to play in a major university or, or whatnot. But we have a way greater opportunity in playing football or getting a college degree. Amen? We have a greater opportunity in, in, in making wise decisions, you know. What's cool is that Jesus said he would give us that, but he encourages us to ask us for that wisdom too. A lot of y'all know James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, or if you lack wisdom, some translations say, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Ask for wisdom. He's not, again, I love that. He's not going to get mad at you for continuing to ask. I believe that that means continue to ask because I, I might feel like the Lord and know the Lord gives me wisdom in one situation today, but there might be something that comes up tomorrow. I know nothing about it. I'm a, I need to pray, Lord, give me wisdom on how to handle this situation. He's not going to rebuke you. He's not going to get mad for you asking him. Remember, he's searching you out to give you that wisdom. He's searching for you out to strengthen you and give you that wisdom. I love it in Colossians 4 and Ephesians 5, Paul says, to live wisely. So I'm not just talking about our words, what we speak around. Because you remember, he, he says, live wise amongst unbelievers. Specifically, he said, live wise amongst unbelievers. Because these things coincide. When you talk about being a light, being a witness for Christ, people are watching you. You are going to be a witness one way or another to people. So what kind of a witness are you going to be? He says to live wisely amongst unbelievers. And going back to the time of year we're in, I know that there will be some people doing some unwise things at Christmas gatherings and New Year's Eve parties, right? Right? So listen, just be careful of what you partake in, not only around the holidays, but every day. Because you know what? People are watching. I've heard justly or unjustly over the years, especially whenever I first got saved, I was still working in construction. And I can remember people saying, oh, man, are you supposed to be a Christian? And sometimes it was unjust. They were trying to get under my skin. But believe me, the Bible instructs us to live wisely for a reason and how we act and the things that we do. You know, I know you can get all oh, like, brother, you're just being religious, you're being legalistic. Well, I don't know about all that, but I know this. I know that how we live is more important most of the time than what we say. It's more important than what we say. You know, People are going to see if we're living it out. We can tell them something, but are you going to live that out? Because they're going to watch you long after you tell them something about the Lord. They're going to watch if you're following it up. They're going to watch you. You're going to let your guard down around the holidays. Man, we're taking it easy on vacation. Yeah, well, you know, we're just going to take it easy and do this, that, and the other. Well, just be careful. Live wisely. Ask the Lord, is this the wisest decision to make. And it might be okay for you. Then it goes into another thing Pastor Kelly talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, it might be okay. The Bible says if you can do something and not be convicted about it, that's fine. But when you're around other people, you, you, you need to be at a whole nother level. 
You need to use wisdom in how you live and what you do. And is it going to cause one another brother in Christ to stumble or sister? Or is it going to help? Remember that scale I talked about? Think of it this way. The way you live your life, if this that sliding scale and this is Christ and this is somebody that have no interest in Christ, is it going to move them closer on that scale or is it going to move them further away? That's how we need to think about it. That's what the Bible says. Live wisely amongst unbelievers. Make the most of every opportunity. Because some people, you only see them once or twice a year. Some people you work with, you see them five days a week. Family members, you know, your spouse and children, you see them all the time. You have a lot of opportunities. But, you know, we need to make the most of it and be wise in how we live. And the third and final thing I want to encourage you is to live every day with purpose. Live every day with purpose. Look at Ephesians 5. Uh, 15 again in the Amplified it says look carefully then how you walk and whenever every time they talked about walk walking with the Lord he was talking about the way you live walking with the Lord meant your lifestyle or how you walked was how you live live purposefully and worthily and accurately not as the unwise and the witless but as wise sensible intelligent people making the very most of every of making very most of the time Buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. See, this is why the third part of our vision here at Family Life is to find your purpose. We want you to find your purpose because the word tells you to live with purpose. You can't live every day purposefully if you don't know what your purpose is, right? And so we all have a general purpose, being a light. Jesus said, you are the sight, salt in the light of the world. All of us have an individual purpose. That's why I announced next steps. If you don't know what your purpose is, you don't know what you're gifting, how can I, what's my purpose in life? I encourage you, January 7th, jump into the next steps class, four consecutive weeks. And it's going to go through the whole vision and show you our heart, our vision to know God, to live free, to find your purpose, and then to make a difference. We want you to know God in a personable, intimate way. We want you to be able to live free from the hurts of the past, like me carrying that thing with my grandmother into my adulthood. I needed to get free from that because every time I thought about it, it stung. And thankfully, the Lord helped me to get to get free from that. Some about some of y'all in here might be you might be carrying something like that. Maybe you didn't get a chance to tell your grandmother or grandfather or maybe her mom or dad goodbye, and you've been carrying it for years. The Lord wants to, to, you to be free from that burden. He wants to release you from that. Then we want you to find your purpose. And the only way to do that will help you. We'll say the only way will help you. The Lord can speak it to you, can show you. But man, we, we take you through that class and give you a little spiritual gift survey, a personality survey, show you how you're wired, what your gifting is. And then once you find your purpose, then we want to help you to make a difference and how to do that. And I'm giving you some ways tonight in general, but there are specific things the Lord wants you to do inside the community of believers and outside of the four walls of the church. So you must live with purpose. Jesus showed us by his own life what it means to live with purpose. Look at John 8, 14. He said, for I know where I come from, or I know where I came from and where I am going. He had a purpose. John 6, 38. He said, for I've come down from heaven not to do my own will and purpose, but to do the will and purpose of him who sent me. You see that? Jesus had a very, very clear purpose of why he came to earth, what he was doing, and he led by example. He knew what he was doing, and he has given each and every one of us a purpose. Because listen, when you know what God created you, that he created you, first and foremost, that you're not here by chance, happenstance, you're not an accident. When you know God created you for such a time as this and has a purpose for you, it helps you to maximize every opportunity, right? When you know I'm here for a reason, 
I'm living right now in Scott, Louisiana in 2017, about to be 18. I was born here in South Louisiana. I was talking about the weather and stuff, but I love our state. I love our culture. I love where we at because I know I'm here for a purpose. I know that I'm not here by time, state, demographic, by an accident. I'm here for, by purpose. So when you know that and know God created you and placed you here with a purpose, it helps you and encourages you to maximize every opportunity while you're living here at this time. Amen? I want to close with a story. I'm going to read a story to close talks, that talks about and helps us to understand about maximizing every opportunity. A man and his dog return home from a, a walk through the woods covered in, in cockleburrows. The town of Burroughs had clung to the man's pants and the dog's fur, and it took a long while to disentangle them all. The man was a Swiss engineer named George. I couldn't pronounce his name, last name, so we'll just call him George. He was impressed by how easily the birds had latched on to the two travelers. Later that day, he examined the birds under a microscope, and he noted that the numerous minuscule hooks enabled the birds to grasp hair or clothing. He was struck with an idea. What if he could manufacture one material covered in tiny hooks like the birds and attach it to another material composed of small loops like the woven fabric of his trousers? The two strips of synthetic material would then serve as a fastener, sort of like a zipper. George felt the idea had merit, and he took initiative to create a prototype in the hopes of patenting it. Friends warned him the project was foolish and would lead nowhere, but he pressed on undaunted by their skepticism. To turn his idea into a commercial success, however, George had to figure out a way to inexpensively manufacture the materials for his fastener. His initial attempts at mass production failed, but he remained committed to the achievability of his idea. After much trial and error, he finally found the right materials. More than seven years after his walk through the woods, he received the patent for his invention. Velcro. It was Velcro. He walked through the woods one day and had all these little cockleburrows sticking all over him. And what he looked at it was just like, man, this is a mess. It's a nuisance. Seven years later, he invented what we all use today, right? Called Velcro. He maximized that opportunity of that one little walk through the woods with his dog that day, right? See, George's story helps us understand how to see and seize opportunities. You know, maybe there's a situation or a person that's been sticking to you and has been sort of a nuisance. It might be that the Lord has given you the opportunity to share his light and his love with them. Amen? Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? Once again, every day we have many, many opportunities that the Lord has placed before us, that the Lord has given us. The greatest opportunity that we all have, that the Lord has given each and every person, every human being, all 8 billion people walking this earth and everybody before us, is the opportunity, as I said earlier, to know God. That's why that's the first part of our vision is to know God. And when I say know God, we don't mean to know him intellectually. Again, I don't mean like all of us say we, we know who Drew Brees is, right? I'm going to just use that example. We know who Drew Brees is. Does anybody here know Drew Brees personally? Like know him like, you know, no, I, don't, I didn't think so. None of us do. But we know who he is. I don't mean knowing God that way. I mean knowing him intimately in a relationship with the Lord, right? He wants us to come into a relationship where we can commune with him each and every day. Again, in this Christmas season, we give gifts. 
Gift giving was God's idea, right? And we know that because of John 3.16. And it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That word believe means to trust. If any, we, anybody that believes and trusts in Jesus with their life, both this life on earth and for eternity, would not perish. That word perish means to, to be separated from God for all of eternity. When we die, there's only two places we can go in the afterlife, and that's heaven or hell. Jesus actually talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. But listen, God didn't prepare hell for any human being. People say, well, man, why would a loving God send people to hell? God doesn't send anybody to hell. Matter of fact, you have to step over Jesus in order to get to hell. He's made every provision to keep you out of there. He wants you to spend eternity with him in heaven. So the greatest opportunity that everyone in here has tonight is to have their sins forgiven and to be made right with God, receive the free gift that he's given through his son, Jesus Christ. If you don't mind, everybody bow your head with me. And just close your eyes. Just out of reverence for the Lord, we do that. And out of respect for other people around us. If you've never received a free gift, we've probably, a lot of us have received gifts. I had one on my desk, as I said earlier. We're receiving gifts already for Christmas. We're going to probably receive a lot more this week and next week. Nobody looking around, please. If you can just close your eyes as I'm speaking. You, you just listen as I'm speaking. We're going to receive a lot of gifts. But you know, this is the greatest gift that you can ever receive. It's the gift of salvation, of forgiveness, to lift the burden off you, the the fear of death the Bible talks about, where you don't have to worry that if you walk out of here and tonight's your last night on the earth, you can spend eternity with the Lord. Tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, please. If you say, Brandon, you know what? I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't, I don't know if I know God the way you're talking about in an intimate way, like I, like I, he knows me and, and I don't know where I'm going. If you say, Brandon, I don't know where I'm going. If I die tonight, I have no idea where I'll be going in the afterlife. But you want to be sure tonight. Don't miss your opportunity to get right with the Lord tonight. None of us are promised tomorrow. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, said, Brandon, I'm not sure if I'm right, but I want to make sure I don't want to miss this opportunity. I want to give my life to Christ tonight. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand, and I want to pray for you. If that's you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see your hand back here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, before we leave, anybody else? We're going to take a minute. Anybody else? Say, I want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to receive the free gift of salvation. All right. Those of you that raise your hands, come on. We're going to pray the simple prayer by faith. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And as a church, we're going to pray it all together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for taking my place. I receive your free gift of salvation. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask that you forgive me of my sins and that you would cleanse me today. Give me the strength and give me the grace to live for you all the days of my life. Help me, Lord, to maximize every opportunity that you put in front of me. And I'll be sure to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we give them a round of applause, those that made a decision. God bless you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Hey, listen, it don't matter if you don't get a Christmas gift this year or any other year on earth. That is the greatest gift you and I will ever receive. Amen. Hey, listen, if you raise your hand. 
for the first time, or maybe you didn't, but you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a car in the pew in front of you with a green strip that says, I made a decision. Do me a favor. Take like 30 seconds. Fill that out. You can drop it off at the info center in the lobby on your way out, or you can come give it to someone up here. And we just want to help you get started in your walk with the Lord, as the Bible talked about. And uh, we want to pray for you. That's why we just want to get some information. We're not going to harass you or anything. Also, if you need prayer for anything before you you go, you can come down here. We'd be glad to pray with you. But let me just pray a blessing over you before we go. Lord, we, we thank you for everyone here tonight. I pray your blessing and your grace to be upon them as they go. May they enjoy their time as we celebrate not only your birth, but Lord God, your death, resurrection, and your second coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you guys. See y'all Sunday. Invite some people to our Christmas service.